Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mobcast. I am your host, Connor Bland, and this week we're going to be talking about finances and the different types of salaries and support raising options that different agencies offer. And with me today is Jeff Bozel, our Director of Mobilization. And Jeff, I wanted to start out uh, today's podcast by asking you what what role does money play when it comes to missions and becoming a missionary? Yeah, that's a great question. I, In my experience, money is probably the most important thing. You know, I, I think when I talk to people, a lot of times there are other things that they think are most important, uh, you know, like where they're going to go, what they're going to do, how are they going to get there. And, you know, those are all important things, and we've talked about some of those. But when it all boils down... A lot of times it boils down to money because people will will talk about all kinds of other things and and you know and then finally they'll say well like how much is this gonna cost or how, how much you know how much money I'm gonna have to raise or uh, like you know I mean like what's how is this gonna be or you know what where, where are we gonna get the money and I think that really either keeps people going or it doesn't. And I, and I think we have to figure out how to think about finances in a way that is supportive and helpful and, and helps people move forward and isn't so, uh, isn't so overwhelming. So that I think this is a great topic for a podcast. Mm, yeah. Well, so then I guess the, the common question that most people would have right off the bat when um, they're they're preparing to go on a mission trip and, and thinking about money as well. What you know, how much money am I going to have to raise? Well, obviously that depends on the the different regions of the world that you go to. But let's say an average being a a, a, a married couple, two people going to somewhere like uh, let's say Europe. So if if a family is going to go to Europe and they they decide that that's the the place that God is leading them to in missions, what, what is it that they can expect to uh, pay for or, or raise support for uh, when it comes to that, that situation? Okay, so general things that you're going to raise money for when you go are some kind of salary. In other words, you need money to live on, uh, which might be food, uh, gasoline, uh, insurance of some kind, uh, you know, those kind of things. And then there are also probably some legal costs of being in a country. So it's getting and maintaining a visa. Um, those kind of things can become important. If you have children, well, you said just two people, but sure. if, if you have children, it may be education for your children. Are you going to go public? And if you're in a country that doesn't speak English, that could be a little challenging for your kids. But public education, private education, what that tuition is going to be like. Uh, what kind of supplies you might have for school. You know, a lot of what you would spend here for your family, you're going to be spending there. And the final thing is ministry costs. So not only do you have to live in a place and survive in that place and provide in that place, but now you've got this added thing of, well, traveling for ministry or if you're going to put on a conference or, or something like that, there's going to be money that's required to put on those things to make those things come about. And that money's not going to come from somewhere else. It's going to come from you raising it. So mm-hmm. that those are the general things you would probably need to raise. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that all makes sense. So once you have decided the or or learned from um, the agency that you selected what those items are that you're going to raise, I guess the next question would be is how, uh, how do different agencies maybe um, collect the uh, the finances that you support raise. Um, there's, I know there's a couple of different ways that that's done, and uh, would you mind explaining that to our listeners? Sure. Well, there basically there are two kinds of agencies. There are we could probably subdivide them into many other groups, but there are employer agencies and there are self-employed agencies. So the employer agencies are agencies that actually hire you. Uh, now, don't get all excited about them hiring you and you not having to raise money, chances are you are going to have to raise money. (laughs) But they're going to hire you as an employee. And and let let me back up because there is another kind of agency. Most of them are denominational agencies. So let's take Southern Baptists and their agency is called the International Mission Board um, or the IMB. And they will actually hire you for a job um, and they pay you from donations that come into the Southern Baptist Church. So they're like that. Christian Missionary Alliance is like that. Um, Some Lutheran missions are like that. So there are some denominational agencies where you actually apply and you're hired and you get a salary from them and you don't raise money in general. So there is that kind of agency. That's different. But there are a few of those and fewer as we move forward because ministry continues to get more expensive. Donations are not as high as they used to be toward missions. And, and so even those church-based mission agencies are, are, having, are struggling trying to you know, meet the need that's out there. So there is that. But let's talk about the other types of agencies where they're not associated with a denomination. And they're what we used to call faith-based agencies, which I think is not really a good name because I think the Southern Baptists are faith-based and stuff like that. Sure. But um, so agencies where you're not, a, you know, you're interdenominational or, or that kind of thing, independent of a, of a denomination. So in that way, there are these two different types. They're the employer types and the self-employed type. Now, an employer type, like I said, actually hires you as an employee. They enter into a contract with you to pay you a salary and benefits and, uh, and on top of that, then there would be the ministry costs and, le- and legal costs and, and uh, other costs that you might have there for your family. But they're going to pay you the salary no matter how much money comes in in that month. Mm-hmm. So if your re- support requirement, let's say, is $5,000 a month, just to throw a figure out there, um, and and uh, $7,000, you know, comes in in one month. Well, they're going to pay you whatever salary that they have contracted with you to pay you, let's say $2,500 a month. So you get your $2,500 a month check as your salary, and then you the other money you're using for different ministry costs and different other things that they've lined out in some kind of a budget. And uh, But let's say the next month only $2,000 comes in because... You have some donors that give occasionally to you or quarterly or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so in this month, you only have $2,000 that comes in. Well, in an employer agency, you're still going to get your $2,500 salary check because they have committed to you that you're going to get paid that salary. And since they've hired you, they don't have a choice. They will pay you that salary. Mm -hmm. So uh, they may cut, uh, cut some ministry costs 
because those aren't a required thing to survive. But salary benefits, we're obligated by the government to pay you those things because you're our employee. Mm-hmm. So that's an employer agency in a, in a simple nutshell kind of way. The self-employed agencies basically bring together a bunch of self-employed people who are the missionaries, and you're still raising money, but now you budget how much money you're going to get for salary. You decide how much money you're going to use for ministry. You decide how much money you're going to use for any of these things. So in in this kind of situation, the mission agency probably helps you think through that budget you know, like, well, maybe you should anticipate needing this much money. You should anticipate needing this much money for this or whatever. But basically, it boils down to you. You're self-employed. You decide how much money you need to live on. And you decide how much money you're going to spend on ministry. And you decide how much money you're going to spend on this and that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're self-employed. So it's a different kind of thing. And when we use the same example, so you have $7,000 come in one month, you get basically that full 7000 minus whatever administrative fee that agency might might have mm. and you better save some because in the next month when you get 2000 that might not be enough to meet the needs that you have that month so it be true you have a lot more control over the funding but you also have to manage the lack of funding that might come in mm. and that might be a very difficult thing to do, especially when you're trying to survive in another country. So each side has specific advantages. The mm-hmm. one side, the self-employed side, you have complete control. That money comes in, you get to decide how it's spent. On the employer side, it's not quite that way. You're, you're like an employee and the company decides how some of those things are going to be how, you know, uh, spent, how some of the money is going to be spent. They're going to be pigeonholed into certain budget line items like you know $250 a month may go into retirement and so much money a month goes into health insurance and so much money a month goes into you know um, whatever it is tuition for your children or, or whatever and then all you get in your paycheck and your bank statement is your salary so that $2,500 a month that you get for salary that's what you spend on for food and and those kind of things so those are the that's the main the main differences. Hmm. Those are the main differences of those two things. Sure, yeah. Now, and uh, so I guess my my question would be if if I was in uh, a position where I had to choose between an employer um, and a uh, what was it that you called the other one? Self employed. Self employed uh, um, agency position is one better for certain situations than the other. So if you're a family guy, should you choose self em- self-employed? If you're a family guy, should you choose the uh, employee? Well, I'll give you a couple examples because that is a great question. Let's say that you have, let's say you're a cancer survivor. That shouldn't stop you from serving overseas, right? No. But if you're a cancer survivor, chances are you're going to have trouble getting insurance. So you're going to need to go with a company that probably has a company insurance policy mm-hmm. that's a group plan, and that will take all pre-existing conditions and those kind of things mm-hmm. so that you can actually do what God's calling you to do and do it in a way that's going to be healthy and you're going to be cared for and you're going to be there for a long time. Mm-hmm. If you go self-employed, the problem with that is you may not be able to find an insurance company that's going to insure you overseas overseas 
with a pre-existing condition like that. So those kind of things may guide you to specific, a specific agency over another. Mm-hmm. But in general, I would say people that are young and single, or maybe a couple, a young couple, uh, sometimes the self-employed thing fits really well for them because they don't really have that many needs beyond just, hey, we want food at our table to eat. We're not really concerned that it's, you know, maybe it's ramen, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and you throw an egg in there once in a while, you know, to, yeah. you know, so like yeah. college, co- college eating. <laughs> but I mean, so with just the two of you or just one of you, you can be a little more flexible. You don't, there's no tuition for children. There's no, you probably don't even think about retirement. You know, I mean, you should, but a lot of people don't when they're young, you know, when they're young 20s and it's just like, hey, it's just me and, you know, what, what would I leave to anybody anyway? And, you know, I, that kind of thing. So you, you can kind of get by on less. But once you get married, start having children, then the employer agencies become a little more attractive because security becomes a little more important to you. And the fact that it's not just you that's eating or not eating, it's you and your wife and maybe your two kids. Mm. And how would that be caring for them as a responsibility that God's given us mm. if, if that money's not there? Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, it tends to be younger, single and younger couples sometimes fit better with the, the self-employed thing because it's less money and, and they can get there faster and they can be flexible to, to live on less. Yeah. But then... Once you start to get more in a family kind of way and, and or you have specific things that you know, like medical needs or those kind of things, that might drive you more toward a, an employer agency because there's a little more security in employer agencies um, for money that's kind of consistent or care that's consistent. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I think that that's a good insight on deciding, uh, depending on your situation, um, as our listeners, as you're uh, kind of going through this process, kind of look at that and say, you know, am I a single person who may not have as many needs as somebody with five kids who goes into the mission field? Obviously, their needs are going to look different. Um, one of the things that you kind of touched on earlier that I wanted to hear a little bit more about is what um, what is included in the support amount that you raise uh, when it comes to, you know, an, an agency says this is Oftentimes they'll use a phrase like uh, MSR. This is your MSR. Can you kind of explain what an MSR is and then what that might include uh, depending on the agency? Right. And and probably every agency has a different acronym they might use. That uh, MSR is usually stands for monthly support requirement or minimum support requirement. I always kind of laughed at that one. Like, oh, so I'm going to raise more than that. You know (laughs) what I mean? But actually, in, in reality, trying to raise more than that is not a bad idea. Uh, the thing about money is that, you know, life throws some things at us that we may not anticipate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so having that little extra support really comes in handy. And, you know, it's not just us. Our ministry partners who are donating to, to us or donating to God that, that comes to us, um, they also go through life things. You know, they lose jobs. I, I remember in 2008, that was a really tough time because mm. a lot of our support network, our ministry partners were going through tough times. They were losing their jobs and stuff like that. So that we were slightly oversupported and that really helped during that time because, 
the the money was that was coming in was less just because our people were going through struggles mm-hmm. and we certainly understood that but i would say getting that referring to it as a minimum support requirement sometimes is a more realistic thing sure. but but uh, that's kind of what msr usually stands for uh, some kind of support requirement that you are required to raise or in the in the case of a self-employed agency maybe it's a recommended amount mm. uh, that they recommend for you to raise okay. um, so but what included and not included I think you know a lot of times we I can guarantee you if when you look at either a recommended amount or a required amount <laughs> you're gonna think it's too much Mm. Uh, it's just it, we call it sticker shock, you know, in, in our in our business because you just don't you don't think of all the things that go into the salary you make right now, mm. and how much of that your company actually pays for that you don't have to worry about because it's either a business expense or you know those kind of things that are kind of built into the the profits that they're getting from whatever product they're selling, uh, but for us. For a missionary, most missionaries, most mission agencies don't have like extra funds laying around that they can pay for extra things. Mm-hmm. And there are some exceptions, but most of them are only have the money that's donated to their missionaries mm-hmm. or possibly donated to the mission agency for a specific use of one thing or another. So when you raise money, you, you have to raise money for your salary, the money that you're making. You raise money for not only your part of Social Security, but the company's part of Social Security. So instead of 7.5% or whatever, you're raising 13% because you are also raising the money that your company will need to pay to Social Security. They're part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you raise money for, the, like I said, the visa that you're going to get, where if you're going overseas for a company to work for the international company, they're going to pay for that visa. You're going to pay for your car, your gas, your everything that you pay for now, you're going to pay for in, you know, in a missionary way that you, but you're raising that money. And then, like I said, the thing that we don't normally think of here uh, in our lives here and money that we're raising for here are ministry costs. So it's like, okay, well, uh, yeah, so who's going to pay for the ministry travel that I do? Who's going to pay for the food and stuff that, that I'm spending or money to buy uh, when I'm traveling to, in another country? And who's going to pay to get those 25 pastors that have no money at all to this mm-hmm. pastor's conference that you're, you know, that you're putting together? Or who's going to bring the, the people from the U.S. that are going to, you know, like the, the speakers for this conference, who's going to help them with their airfare and those kind of things? So that's you. <laughs> or you know, or your mission agency, and the, the mission agency doesn't have money, so you're raising it. Yeah. So it that's kind of that kind of adds to things. And most agencies that are at least on the employer side, they'll use a spreadsheet or some kind of formula that will help you figure out how much money that they mm-hmm. want you to raise. And in that formula, we'll have line after line after line of each thing that you know, and some amount that's going to be monthly raised for that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in, in self-employed agencies, it's going to be similar. They're going to say the same thing. But they might say, you know, we would really highly recommend that you have health insurance. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to say you have to have health insurance. Sure. But an employer agency is going to say, you know, Connor, you have to have health insurance. And you're going to be part of our group. And this is how much money you're going to have to raise to pay for it. Yeah. You know, but your company might subsidize what you pay, you know, here. 
In the United States, they may subsidize your health insurance, but overseas, for a mission agency, most of that, most of the time, that's that doesn't happen. So all of those things then become parts of the money you raise. I would say for most employer agencies, as a rule of thumb, you should anticipate needing to raise twice your salary. So if your salary is $2,500 a month, chances are you're going to need to raise in the vicinity of $5,000 a month to cover all expenses. And then if your salary, let's say you have a family of three kids and your salary is more like thirty-five dollars to $4,000, you may have to raise as much as $8,000 a month. So you just need to be ready for that. And then ask questions because, mm. you know, sometimes it's negotiable. There are things that mission agencies put in there that are kind of, you know, you really should have this, but it's not a, not a full-on necessity. So we could give on that a little bit. So I would say make sure you ask questions. Okay, on the, yeah. the finally, I would say if you're going to go on the self-employed side, or even on the employer side, it doesn't really matter. But as you look at what's included, I would ask in your mind, as you read through that, ask what's not included. What are they not putting in here that maybe I might need? Mm -hmm. So one thing that a lot of people forget is money to buy tickets home. You know, I mean, yeah, getting there is one thing, but getting you should have money to buy tickets home because if you don't, what are you going to have to do when it's time to come home? Hmm. Either you haven't, you, you know, either you saved the money or you didn't, or right. you write a letter, special letter to your donors, and you say, "Hey guys, it's time to go home. So uh, could you um, could you consider giving us an extra couple hundred bucks so that we could, you know, so we could we need to raise the extra thousand to get our family home? Yeah, you know, so." It's stuff like that that sometimes we don't think about. Or worst case, having to come home in an emergency situation. Exactly. Having the money. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it's you know it, it's just what isn't in there. What is it that this agency is not saying I have to raise that I might need? And the best way to know that is to look at like two or three different agencies and ask for a breakdown of their finances, hmm. because then you're gonna and always go to the one that has you raise the most first. Yeah. And say, okay, this looks like the Cadillac version, but I only really need, you know, a, a, a Chevy, you know, Impala, or well, that would, well, that would be kind of middle of the road, or I could go with a Cobalt, you know, or something like that. So, you know, I could go with this little smaller car, but so what is it that I want to make sure is included mm -hmm. from the Cadillac version into my little Cobalt version? Mm -hmm. um, because I don't want to miss out on something that I really need to have and that would actually cause me to not be able to stay in the country. Yeah, so agency shopping is like car shopping. All right, yeah, so we're uh, yes. you know, <laughs> And actually, mobilizers are a lot like that sometimes, you know, like car dealers. Oh yeah, they can definitely, uh, they, can, they can encourage you into it. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, um, I can. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yes, and uh, well, finally, Jeff, that's, well, first of all, that's great. That's a great analogy. I really, uh, I was making fun of it a bit there, but I, I do think that's a great analogy as far as picking and choosing what what it is that suits your needs. Um, again, sort of in the same way that we were talking about the the different types of uh, between self-employed and, and employee um, agencies uh, to be able to just look at the whole situation and see what is it that, that you need for your specific situation because obviously it's going to be different for a lot of different people, it's going to be very different between each one. 
Um, the final question I wanted to ask you was uh, about um, ministry costs. So sometimes in different fields uh, around the world, they can have shared um, ministry costs between uh, teams. So could you explain a little bit about how maybe that process works? Yeah, I you know, really this is where that I guess one of the main statistics about missionaries that leave the field is that they leave because of conflict with their own team members. Mm. And I will guarantee you that most of that conflict revolves around money. Mm. Uh, I, I remember sitting in my first team meeting, one of my first team meetings, and I mean, there was just all the, we spent probably 75% of the time talking about how we were gonna spend money or how money was gonna get spent. And, you know, I mean, and it was, I didn't know anything. And so yeah. I was like a jaw drop moment, you know, I was like, what, 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 you know, I mean, aren't we supposed to be here doing stuff, you know? And so, hey, this becomes, this is real life. Uh, missionaries get together on their team and, and they, these might be even great friends of theirs, but it's hard to come to grips on how to spend money together. Now, you're right. Sometimes uh, a mission might work to where everybody's supported, right? And so mm -hmm. everybody has support coming in. And if it's an employer agency, you know exactly how much is coming in for each person for ministry costs and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so it all gets put into, let's say, a team budget. Mm -hmm. And now some of that might be specific to you. So uh, you might be a teacher, or you might be a pastor trainer, or you might be a, you know, a business's mission kind of person or whatever. And you're all on the same team together. Mm -hmm. But now you've got to get together and decide, okay, so how are we going to spend this money that we have? And, and some of it's pooled because maybe you're going to do a team project. You're going to run, let's say, a, a, we've mentioned a pastor's conference before. That's an easy one to use. And so you're going to do this some kind of event. And everybody's contributing to the event because they each have things to bring. Mm. And everybody's contributed money as well because it's a team function. It's a team event you're going to pull off. Okay, so... In those kind of senses, you have you have pooled money. Um, in other ways, uh, where pooling comes in into case was let's say that uh, you're in a certain place where there's a missionary kid school, and uh, and so the missionary kid school not only charges tuition but maybe they charge a capital fee, like mm -hmm. uh, a set amount of money at the beginning of each year to help pay for upkeep of buildings or mm -hmm. uh, buses or or those kind of things, and so on your team. You're contributing money. Each person is contributing a certain amount of money toward this capital cost, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a pooled amount. Or let's say that your team owns and operates an office, or they rent space for an office. Mm -hmm. So now you've got some kind of admin assistant, and you've got maybe a finance person, and you've got somebody that does all of your uh, you're running around for like visas and all of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. In Spanish, we call that tramite. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, you'd have somebody that does that for you. So you've got these three employees. Mm. Well, you have to pay their salaries. Right. You've got to pay their benefits. You've got to pay their vacation. You've got to pay all those kind of things. And so those are, sh those are shared costs that everybody contributes mm. to. But along with those shared pooled costs and, and funds, there'll probably also be some specific things. So if you're a teacher, maybe you have something that, let's say the school needs you to contribute to the supplies for your classroom or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that money that you raised, you wouldn't come out of your pocket in a, 
uh, in, a, let's say, an employer agency. Out of a self-employed thing, it wouldn't necessarily have to come out of your pocket either, but you'd have to just set it aside from the money that came into you each month. So the, that money would be specifically set aside for you. Mm. So that would be yours to access and use, as opposed to, let's say, a pooled fund. Mm. Um, so almost all agencies have some kind of pooling on their team, but then there will be other kinds of specific costs that they pay for out of money that they've raised. Yeah. But that, that raise money is specifically for them. Okay. But let, let me just get back to the first statement again and say, if God is, is leading you into missions and you're going to be, you know, you're raising money and stuff like that, the number one thing you have to remember is that this money is not yours. Mm. Uh, the thing that we get caught into is, and where it gets ugly, is I would be saying to you as a team member, well, Connor, I'm not spending my money on that. Right. Well, the thing is, it's, it's not my money. Yeah, it's you know? not. And I mean, it's not my money both ethically and spiritually, and it's not my money even legally. Uh, nonprofit agencies, when you give to a nonprofit agency as a donor, you release any rights to how that money is spent. That it, it will be spent determined by the bylaws of that nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And as a donor receiver, you don't have any control over that money either. The nonprofit has all the control. So we may agree to pay you a salary out of that. We may agree to pay you benefits out of that. We may agree to pay your ministry costs out of that. But we don't have to. You know, and in a sense, we always will because of donor intent. We want to honor that. And of course, we love you and you're part of our ministry family. But the law gives us the freedom to spend the money how we need to spend it. So, and that's both nonprofit agency or self-employed agencies and employer agencies because it's they're all nonprofits and they all fall under those same rules. So. It's never your money, yeah. <laughs> but it feels like your money sure. because your friends and family and donors are giving it for your ministry. And uh, you just have to remember this is a God thing that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to release that control because yeah. that's where it all boils down. We have those arguments or whatever over money on our teams. It's because we've taken ownership of something that's really not ours. Mm. Now, that's that's some really great insight, Jeff. And Matt. Uh, one of the one of the things I was thinking about during uh, uh, while you were talking about that there at the end, um, and uh, this is a t is a topic, a question that a lot of people, at least during my support raising journey, um, that have brought up is the uh, the line item of uh, the amount of money that the agency takes, um, the percentage that an agency takes, and um, I was wondering if maybe you could speak into that a little bit because I know that that number can vary vastly between agencies and some that are up to even like 20% now um, and asking uh, just how, how do you explain that, I guess, to uh, maybe to your donors? How do you, uh, what does that look like from an agency's perspective? This is a, a great question too, Connor, because I get asked this question all the time. And, uh, you know, it's really, this is hard because it's not really an apples to apples kind of thing. But basically, we call it, in our agency, we call this an assessment. Mm -hmm. I would call it a tax. But uh, because really, a tax is what functionally it is. Sure. It, it helps the agency to be able to operate. Because like I said, most of us, if not all of us, do not have products that we sell. In other words, we're not getting a profit from anything. We're a nonprofit. So we're not, there's no income stream 
other than donations. Mm. And so to be able to operate, to be able to pay salaries for administrative personnel and finance personnel and um, possibly other people like a, a fund development person uh, or what other whatever other needs the agency has as far as their overhead, uh, maybe they're renting a building or um, maybe they have to pay taxes on the building they own or there's you know, there's upkeep and, and maintenance and all those kind of things. So uh, those costs have to be, have to come out of somewhere. And the easiest thing to do is to charge your missionaries who are raising money a certain amount mm. to help pay for that. So it's a shared cost because we all get the benefits of those of that building or that right. office or or those kind of things. So even in in most assessment situations or overhead situations a lot of that money is focused back at the missionary so mm -hmm. maybe some of the money goes to member care well member care is critically important to the survival and the and a missionary thriving in whatever location they're in or maybe it goes to finance people that are receiving the donations that are coming in for you so that also goes back to you. Maybe some of it is used to pay for the publishing of prayer letters that go out every month or mm. the people that edit those prayer letters and make sure that you haven't made any spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes or whatever so that uh, the, the, the information that goes out from the agency is all of a certain level of professionalism. Mm. You know, all those things go into, they all cost money and that money has to come from somewhere. And so... A lot of agencies will tax their employees or their, the, there'll be some kind of overhead that gets put on the money that you raise. Um, some agencies will try to raise money from their, let's say, uh, stewardship department uh, where they get money from like big time donors that are actually just giving to the, the company and not to an individual. Mm -hmm. And so that can kind of offset some of the costs that have to be uh, carried by a, an agency that that can make that amount cheaper. So you asked, you know, like, why is there a difference? Well, it a lot of it just depends on, are you owning, are you renting? Mm. Uh, how much, like, general fund giving is there that's not designated to a certain missionary or a project? Mm. Um, or, and then how big is the agency? How many people are actually contributing? So the bigger agencies, a lot of times have lower taxes, lower assessment percentages because they have so many contributing to that amount. And they also have a lot more major donors that possibly are giving to that agency that are undesignated gifts. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's a variance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it does vary. I mean, there's there are some agencies that will charge five to six percent. And then, like you said, some are up in the 18, 19, 20 percent. So that's a great question to ask. And it's not so much that you should expect to join an agency that doesn't have an assessment because almost all of us do. So some of the smaller um, self-employed agencies, the assessment that they might ask would be a uh, like a donation back to the mm. to the agency. So it's not required, but you know they need it to survive. Right, so right. of course you're gonna do your best to give it back to them. Of course. Um, but I would say, that's why there's a difference and you certainly should understand you should expect there should that there should be one and then you should ask how is this spent and you're probably not going to be able to get an exact dollar breakdown or percentage breakdown uh -huh. but at least you'll be able to see how that money is spent in reference to you 
And then when your donors ask you, like you said, they will. They say, well, how much of my donation is going to go like to overhead and how much is actually going to go to you? Then you can say things like, well, you know, 25% or so of that money goes to make sure that all of the donations are receipted well and then 10% goes to publishing prayer letters and just postage alone is like, for our agency, is over $10,000, $10,000, something like that a month. Wow. It's, it's a lot because we're yeah. sending out thousands and thousands of letters. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, I, it may not be that much, but I, I, I was something like that. Um, so it's just... You know, there are these costs that we usually don't think about because we're not running a company. You of know? course. We're, we're just out there doing the work. Yeah. But there is a need for that overhead. But I would recommend that you ask and understand yeah. what that money goes for so that when you're asked by donors, mm-hmm. you can say, hey, well, this is how it gets used and this is how it actually helps me. Yeah. Because I think for most donors, it's not that they can't understand that companies have overhead. But they want to make sure that it still applies to you and that they're not donating and it's just getting funneled to, you know, the president's golden parachute or something (laughs) like that. Sure. Um, Which, trust me, none of our presidents have golden parachutes. (laughs) Yeah. No, and I I think that's great. Well, and um, thank you so much to Jeff for uh, coming by here and and, uh, talking to us about just the the different aspects of finances when it comes to uh, missional support raising. Um, and guys, I just, uh, I think the big, the big thing that we want to take away, um, that we want everyone to take away from this is really just that, um, to ask questions, to understand how, how the agency that you've partnered with, how they work, uh, beforehand. And once, uh, you have been accepted and once you partner with that agency, continuing to understand how the different aspects of finances can work, um, through that agency, because there are so many different ways that that's done in today's, uh, world. And uh, for all of you guys listening, I want to thank you so much uh, for tuning in this week. Uh, Join us next week for another topic, and uh, we hope to see you guys here next week. 